Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. of the reality is why are you laughing why are you already laughing why are you laughing i for some reason i waited until i saw the recording sign um to eat this piece of uh reese's peanut butter cup so right now it's in my mouth (laughs) is it a sugar-free one oh Mm -hmm. okay yeah nobody can see you shake your head yes you actually have to speak into the microphone sorry if I'm Tony Soprano, who are you? <clears throat> I like this. How? Oh, so how come you went straight to Tony? This is interesting. Because okay. <laughs> growing yeah. up, we did say that you were Michael Corleone. Yeah, you did. Um, and that's because our older brother is clearly sunny. Oh, my God. The sunniest. <laughs> the sunniest Corleone. That could have Corleone. And, if, and unfortunately, that leaves me as Fredo. 100%. <laughs> the Fredo is Fredo? The weaseliest snake. <laughs> he was banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what I'd do. You guys send me out to Vegas to set up shop and then. <laughs> Wait, before we get it started, um, hello everyone. Uh-huh. What should we like try to organize this thing from time to time? Should we tell the people what we're going to talk about today? Sure. I don't, I don't know how you do any of this stuff, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, not, just, you just, you're barely I've, here. I'm not on the social medias. I don't know what's going to be. It, sometimes you give me a heads up of what we would, should be talking about. So I prepare myself. And then obviously, mm-hmm. if we're going to be watching something together, yeah. I watch yes. that. Yeah. And that I'm just. I know. Okay. So it's Sunday night. Um, it White Lotus finale is actually airing at this moment right now. Yes, so can't finish. Can't finish. Can't finish. Can't wait. I can't wait to finish so fast that I said finish instead of wait to finish. I can't wait to finish uh, recording so that I can go and watch White Lotus. So you binged yeah. it over the weekend. I want to talk a little bit about everything leading up to this finale episode that's airing right now. And then also on top of that, I've been binging the Sopranos. Zopran. Is that wrong? There's nobody on the show has no. ever said Sopranos. That is not a thing. You're the first person to... <laughs> it's just I don't me. know why. Yeah. I... I'm pretty yeah. sure it's a hate crime. hundred oh, percent. You love the you love the Sopranos with the the show that has been claimed <laughs> the greatest show of all time for the last twenty years. For years, yeah, yes, yeah. I love the Sopranos, so I've been binging season one. Honestly, I will be I'll be real with you. The reason why I I was uh I was encouraged to watch Sopranos is not because of you. It's because of White Lotus. 
is because oh, because of, of the yeah because of Michael. Uh, what's his last name? Imper- Imperioli. You're muted, buddy. I'm such a moron. Um, yes, Michael. <laughs> Michael Imperioli, a man yeah. I love. Yeah, I loved him for a him. long time. Exactly. And you know what? I, I, he should have had a bigger career. I feel like because Christopher yeah. is one of the greatest characters of all time. I love what he's doing on the White Lotus. But my hot take is that fucking Bradley Cooper character from Guardians of the Galaxy, that mm-hmm. Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, that is a Christopher impression that Bradley Cooper is doing. One hundred percent Christopher. No, it isn't. Every oh, time I hear it, I get upset yeah. that it's not Michael Imperioli. It should I be know. Michael Imperioli. It should be. I know. But like, could you imagine being fucking Christopher Montesanti? Montesanti is that his last name? Montesanti. <laughs> By the way, I don't know anybody's names on the Soprano. On the Soprano. How do you not know? Well, so you need I to know just, Christopher. I think it's Montesanti. Is Montesanti? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So here's who here's who I know from the Soprano. All right. Let's just talk about the Sopranos. We're gonna talk about Sopranos. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about White Lotus, and then I want to talk about the World Cup because there's a couple of interesting things that happen. And then I'll throw in some Brock Purdy love. Oh, Brock Purdy. Who's that? We talked about him last week. He's the 49ers rookie quarterback. Oh, he looks like over. he's who looks like he's just just barely a fetus. Yes, he does, but he doesn't like, play like he's a fetus. Like a half baked oh, embryo. Oh, Brock Purdy. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Anyway, that's the thing I'm least looking forward to. Okay, so let's talk about the Sopranos first. So I binged the first season. I barely know anybody's name. Mm-hmm. I know everybody's faces. Here's the people. Yeah. Here's the characters that I know. Okay, I know Tony Soprano, his daughter Meadow, his wife yes. Carmela, yes, uh, his mother, his uncle June, Uncle Junior, yeah. Christopher, 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 um, Polly, yeah. Big Pussy, yes. What's his face from the E Street Band? Silvio. Silvio, okay. What's his real name, the guy who plays him? Little Stevie Van Zant. Yeah, Stevie Van Zant, exactly. That's who I know from that. Uh, uh, Kevin's dad from Home Alone uh, <laughs> plays the cop. Uh, Lorraine Bracco, who plays yeah. Dr. Jennifer Malfi. And real, you don't watch this, but Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, there's a woman named Meredith Marks. And I swear mm-hmm. to God, she is doing. A Lorraine Bracco impression the whole oh, really? time in real life. It... It's like Lorraine Bracco meets a vocal fry. Meets uh, does she have like a meditation. raspy voice? Yes, she's got a raspy voice. She even kind of like looks like her. She talks like her a little bit. Um, but she's that's who I think of. I'm like Meredith Marks. What are you doing being a therapist for Tony Soprano? <laughs> and also, it's interesting because like on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City last season, somebody came like there's a woman named Jennifer Shaw who was indicted by the feds, and so <laughs> Meredith Marks does a lot of like so psychoanalysis. She used to be a lawyer, so she does a lot of like analysis in her confessionals about Jen Shaw, and the way she does it now even more so to me feels like Dr. Jennifer Melvin. So that's who I see there. And then um, a, a bunch of ad hoc people besides that, right? But those are like the main characters in season one. I feel like the ones that matter, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. But, yeah. No, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Well, no, I, I wanted to get some feedback about what you like about the show and stuff yes. like that, which I'm sure you're going to get to. 
So here's the thing that surprised me the most about watching season one of The Sopranos. Obviously, I know it was going to be a show about like mobsters and whatever, the mafia hits and whacking and all of that strippers. Oh, I forgot to mention my favorite character of the show. It's a strip club called Bada Bing. (laughs) I can't tell if that's great writing or horrible writing. It's incredible writing. How how dare you hate on the Bada Bing? it's ridiculous ridiculous. it's ridiculous to you because everybody else has heard it for the last 20 years so that's what you're reacting to if you had watched it when you were supposed to watch it it wouldn't seem ridiculous to you you think that bada bang just became a thing after the sopranos well it became a you know where bada bang is from right it's from the godfather Uh the godfather you remember when uh sonny's talking to michael about how he's like a college boy and you need to get up close to somebody and you go bada bing okay and you shoot them in the head that's how bada bing came about okay and then i feel i personally feel that it had a resurgence thanks to the bada bing in the sopranos, in the sopranos. it's hilarious yeah bada bing um i love that i that that is my favorite that's my favorite character on the show but i the thing that surprised me the most when I was watching this is like, obviously I was going into it expecting it to be like, you know, uh, like mafias and who do you trust and all this stuff. But really it's a show about therapy. Yes. <laughs> it's fully a show. I'm like, why haven't I been watching this show? There's nothing in the world I love more than therapy. I love psychoanalysis. My entire <clears throat> podcast, all I do is psychoanalyze housewives. I love that part of it. It's like, it's about psychoanalysis. It's about relationships with your fucking mom. Like, it's about childhood trauma. It's so good. The hatred I feel for you right now. (laughs) I have been telling you to watch this show for the last 15 years. And those are the reasons why I told you to watch this show. You think I, yeah, of course, it's amazing. It's the best show ever made. Okay, relax. Okay, you're acting like you made the show. Uh, well, I did claim it in our family. Okay, whatever. it is a show that I claimed. Fine, you can have it. But yeah, uh, how do you feel about the New Jerseyness? Is that something that you connect to? <laughs> I connect the most to the New Jerseyness. I've even like walking around the house, like just yelling at my kid. My like accent has like just come out through my pores. You know, like the other day, I don't know what I was doing, but I was like, I don't know. I whispered even something to myself and I was like, where did that accent come from? I was like, I could do it later. Like I said something like that (laughs) to myself. I was like, who the fuck is that? Uh, Where's Uh. my mid-Atlantic accent? Uh, But yeah, I love the New Jersey parts. There's the Sopranos house is 15 minutes from where I live. So it is very much an air, like the, the newsstand where spoiler alert, Tony gets shot is the Montclair newsstand. Like it's, that's right here. Yes. It was very close to all of that. It is like, because I mean, we grew up in North Jersey, but we grew up in Northwest Jersey, which is a little mm-hmm. different, right? But like yeah. now raising a family here and like living here at least for the last six years and then going to college in Newark and stuff. And like, I know that I know that The Sopranos was filmed on my college campus, so I should have cared more back then. I did not. 
But like the entire opening of the show, I was like, oh, these are all the places that I used to go to in college. So yes. The Ironbound and Harrison and Carney and Newark. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait a fuck a second. <laughs> this is my entire, this is my heritage. So uh, let me ask you, <laughs> let me ask you another question then. So what did you think The Sopranos was before you watched it? Like, why didn't you watch it so far? I honestly just thought it was going to be a show about like, like, the mafia and i guess like mm-hmm. i mean the godfather is even though i didn't remember about bada bang from the godfather like growing up the godfather was like one of my favorite movies i used to we yeah. watched it it was amazing experience it was so good like i'll never forget that it's just such a good movie and all that stuff but like i've never seen goodfellas like i've i've never mm-hmm. watched a lot of that stuff and I guess to me, I was like, well, I've seen The Godfather. So, like, do I really need more Italian mafia content? Yeah. Because I really just thought it was going to be a show about that kind of stuff. But it's not. Like, I mean, even The Godfather is not just a movie about the mafia. Yes. It's about yeah. the family. Family. Hmm. And you would think also, I love the Rehouses of New Jersey. So, like, why wouldn't I be watching? And you know what it is? When I should have been dedicating my time to watching The Sopranos, I was instead watching The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, it's just. Did you feel, yeah. did you, before you got into it, were you kind of holding off? Because did it feel almost like homework to you? Because you're like, yes. oh, fuck, there's like six seasons. Because there are TV shows that, TV shows and movies that, I just know I'm never going to watch, even though they're supposed to be great, right? Because I'm yeah. just, whatever. Also, I think back in the day, like, nowadays it's really common for most shows to have m- no more than 13 episodes. So somewhere, in, but back in the day, it used to be like 20 episodes per season or 25 episodes per season. You're like, when the fuck is this going to end? But, yeah. uh, like, I'm garbage because I watched Shameless when I was home on maternity leave with Aiden. I binged it then, however much it was out by 2014, and then I stopped watching it. And recently, I found out that Shameless ended, and so I was like, oh, let me finish the show. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm binging the show that I barely – it was like true blood. It was like, I don't care about this show, but I'm still <laughs> watching it. I was like, why am I not watching a show of value? So then I was like, I could watch The Sopranos. And then so once I saw it was only 13 episodes, I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. This is great. And you're like, yeah. it, it takes a little bit, but like by episode yeah. four, you're like, oh, this is great. This exactly. Is excellent. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of shows like that. Like I still haven't watched Stranger Things season three, even though I'm mm-hmm. sure I've been told that I'm going to love it when I watch it. Yeah. But when I think about it, it's just, it's like, oh, I got to watch all these episodes. Who has the time? I mean, I have the time. I know I have the time. You have the time. You binge White Lotus. <laughs> I have the time. Yeah, you I did. You binge White Lotus in one day. Exactly. So there's like shows like that that I just know I'm I'm probably never going to get to. Like, I never watched Lost. I have no interest in watching Lost. Oh, you can't. I don't. I don't recommend that show. I watched all of yeah. Lost, and I do not recommend that show to anybody. I watched it live, and I hated my life after I watched it. You think yeah. the disappointment of Game of Thrones final seasons was bad? You have no idea for those of us who watched Lost. It was horrific. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so anyway, th- yeah. anyway, go ahead. Back. No, do you, what kind of questions do you have for me about The Sopranos? No, that's what I was going to ask. And then I was wondering, so we love The Godfather. Like, yeah. there was a point in, like, 2000, I want to say, like, 2001 through 2004, yeah. Where we really love The Godfather. I love the shit out of The Godfather. It made it my personality. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, so do you think funny. there's something... 
Oh boy. Like in like if I was dating someone, I'd be like, I'm the Michael Corleone of my family to be like edgy and cool. <laughs> what a loser. That work out for you. I told my husband that and he was like, I've never watched The Godfather. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. That doesn't work on you. <clears throat> so um The Godfather and The Sopranos. And yeah, I was thinking about this one watching The White Lotus also. Um mm-hmm. it's just something about Italians that we as Daisy people really connect with. I'm not going to say it's just Daisy people. I, one number one, yes, there is. But I think mm-hmm. like we've talked about this about like because uh, where are where our family is Bihari, which like for people who don't know what that is, that is a state in East India. It's close to Bangladesh. It is uh, has a very specific culture. And even though our family like migrated and left out of there and like we primarily know Pakistan as like our country or like ne- our yeah. heritage or whatever, for us being Bihari is like a very strong thing. And we compared uh, Italian being Italian a lot to that because um, we also have a very colorful reputation in India, Bihari people. We do. A yes. A <laughs> lot of corruption. Yes. <laughs> a lot of corruption and we also have a very sing-songy way of speaking yeah and we're like i mean i want to say we're big on family but like every culture is big on family but yeah. there's just there were like things about being bihari that like i really found a lot of commonality with being italian yeah. um or like watching those shows or whatever you know just the fact that in the godfather like michael goes and marries his cousin i was like oh okay yeah <laughs> Okay, I know that. We do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, we that do. kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, there's just, and I, I think also growing up in Jersey here, even like a, a lot of my friends here were, you know, had either Italian families or my coworkers had Italian families or they had Jewish families. And I do feel like that they see yeah. experience, the Jewish experience and Italian experience, especially growing up in New Jersey, there's so much overlap. Like all of our families are the same. All of our parents yeah. are the same. All of like that generational trauma and guilt is all, it's all like all of us have it. Um, so I there's feel also, like it's, there's, also, there's also like an immigrant experience, right? Yes. I think all of exactly. us. So. Exactly. So that, that stuff for sure, I feel like is really connected with Italian culture. Um, but the women of the show are really lovely. Just the amazing. Best. The best, the best. So sassy, so funny. Um, I will say the thing that I didn't love on the show, at least season one, right? Because this is filmed in like 1999. Yeah. And it's like a mob show. But the hits, when somebody is getting whacked, the music, and people getting shot at, it's so silly. It's so So silly. It's very badly done. There's a lot yeah, of like so- people's shoulders just like rocking back and forth, bup, 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 and like are like pop, 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 and then the music gets slower. You get like a slow motion of blood splatter, and I'm like, it's you're watching a show from 1999, but it could have been made in 1982. That's the way yeah. like the show comes off. So well, so and I think the reason it, it gets way way better. So it gets more like it gets way more cinematic um, in the later seasons, and that's because of like how. You know, I, I'm sure when they were making the show, it was mm-hmm. just supposed to be a mob show, right? So, oh, so they yeah. didn't have like a crazy budget or anything. Like, no one knew that it was going to become what it became. 
in terms of like, you know, how it was received and everything. So um, the later seasons are way more cinematic than the first season. Uh, but the good thing is, is that it is still very much focused on those things. Like, um, you know, I really don't, there's a lot of like the mob stuff that I don't remember anymore. Like the mob storylines, I don't remember yeah. anymore. What I remember about the mob stuff are like, you know, like different scenes because of like lines or like the murder or whatever it is. So that's what I talk to my friends about. Um, but you remember all of like the storylines about the family and the therapy and stuff like that. And it gets really, really into that in the later seasons. So, yeah, yeah, I think like the thing that I found really interesting is just how, um, you know, as a woman who loves to talk about to toxic masculinity, about how so much of the show, at least even just in season one, is that Tony is doing things that are viewed in the culture that he grew up in as like absolutely emasculating, right? Or like there's Tony's doing things out or even Uncle Junior, like all of these things are things that they consider emasculating, um, going to yeah. therapy, going down on a woman. Like these are all things that they think are shameful and you should hide and like, um, you know, to the point where, uh, Tony is losing credibility because people are finding out that he goes to see a shrink, like even him in therapy being coming, like his therapist being like, you know, you, uh, obviously there's a mother, you have issues with your mother and it is now, there's a reason for that. And these are a lot of your issues are, are surrounded with your mother. Like he just has a hard time dealing with that because you don't want to be viewed as like, oh, why do I need somebody like a, my mommy to take care of me? Like there's just a lot of that stuff that I loved. I love that they're like diving into that. So I really enjoyed it. I love this yes, show. It's very good. It's great. Um, did Were you surprised by the level of insight that Tony has during those therapy scenes? Like he's, is he more profound than you think, than you would have thought him to be? Listen, he is and he isn't because sometimes yeah. when he has a breakthrough, he threatens to murder his uh, therapist. And sometimes <laughs> he's so <laughs> profound, right? Like there's this one episode where he goes, uh, he really wants to be part of like the country club and like his doctor neighbor invites him out to go golfing with like their kind of like bougie friends or whatever. Yeah. And uh and the entire time they're like just making fun of like not making him but they're they're treating him like a mobster. They're asking him about like John Gotti and all these things, right? And he goes into therapy and he talks about like how he had this friend in in school who they all made fun of, but uh, and they only played with him because he, you know, he he was such a he he like took it on his chin, even though they all made fun of him. But he found out later that he used to go home every night and cry. And he's like, I never understood how that kid felt until I was on the golf course the other day. And I was like, damn, Tony, look at you. Therapy's really working on you. I'm so excited. But here's the thing. Everybody I know who has ever gone to therapy does feel that way like at yeah. some point you really let it start washing over you and you're like man this is great like even at the end of the first season he tells his like associates right like he tells Polly and uh silvio and christopher that he goes to therapy or whatever like christopher's the only one who doesn't really take it that well but they all just like they all kind of are like yeah i've been i've been depressed before like that happens like 
I do. I just, I don't know. I just really, I, I like watching men in therapy, it turns out. Also, Tony's adorable. <laughs> that is a message that you sent me that you want to cuddle Tony Soprano. I don't want to cuddle him. I want to be cuddled by him. May okay. God rest his soul. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I really just, I enjoy it. Because he's not traditionally um, handsome, obviously. No. Right? Now, is that like that? Is that big, burly masculinity? Is that what you like? Is, that, is it the fact that he is politically incorrect that you think that? <laughs> Have you never met me? What do you know? Because he's in therapy. Oh, okay. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about White Lotus? Sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Wasn't it such a good recommendation for me to tell you to watch it? It really was, yes. So good. The second season has been 10 out of 10. So amazing. Wait, going back to Sopranos real quick for a second. Sure. Who do you think I'm the most like on The Sopranos? I don't think about you You're, and you The think Sopranos. I'm like Olivia. You think I'm like his mother. I have, you don't have to be like anybody. When I was watching the show, I wasn't thinking about you at all. But, you know, Janice. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, uh, there is a sister character that comes season two. Oh, okay, I can't wait to meet you. Named Janice. Oh, yeah. you know what? You're Janice. Oh, you're going to hate her too. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay, anyway, go back to White Lotus. Um, what are you loving about this season about White Lotus? So I was trying to think about... Oh, Jesus. Jesus My Christ. mic just fell. Sorry. You got too excited. I got too excited. Um, I was trying to think back to season one of the White Lotus. I've loved everything about this mm-hmm. season so far. Um, I was trying to think back to season one because I watched that I think in real time and uh, or you know week by week, and mm-hmm. I just binged this season um, over the last two days so mm-hmm. far. Um, I was season one more of like the mystery versus a show about people, or is this because this season the first like three or four episodes. I really haven't thought about like the dead bodies at all. Like yeah. until like the last two episodes, maybe like the last episode and a half. I feel like I feel like season one because there were some immediate red flags in season one. You know, uh it's Alexandria Daddario, her character on her on her mm-hmm. honeymoon, because we already met her husband the very first episode. I was like, yeah. oh my God, he's gonna murder his wife. Right? Like yeah. that is immediately where my mind went in season one. But this season, um, I'm just loving. I just, first of all, so beautiful. Want to go to Sicily right away, immediately. Um, the, watching Sopranos, I immediately was like, I need to go and eat at an at any. I, I have to go to Calandra's <laughs> and eat there. But this White Lotus, I'm like, I need to go on vacation in Italy immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm th- like, the setting is so beautiful that like I want to just dive into that i think uh white lotus the first season they're primarily on a resort 
So like you don't really get a yeah. lot of like Hawaii or whatever. But on this one, it's like just the scenes, the, the like how gorgeous it is, how interesting all the characters are. I've I've mm-hmm. forgotten. I was I was more interested in seeing who was purchasing the hooker in the very first exactly. like, beginning of yeah. the, the, the episode. So, yeah. Yeah. The crime stuff, I don't, you know, it's gotten a little bit interesting or it's gotten a little bit dark mm-hmm. with everything that's happening in Palermo. Mm-hmm. Palermo. And then with uh, the guy, uh, uh, the pimp guy, I guess. So I'm like, yeah. okay, maybe there's a murder coming that way or whatever it is. But um, what's the relation? Like, what's the storyline that you find the most interesting? Oh, my God. Um, the storyline I find the most interesting is probably the Harper, Harper, Ethan, Cameron, Daphne yeah. storyline. The I think that one, they're yeah. the most because I think like they're the people I relate the most to because they're probably around my age. You know, yeah. they're probably living uh, not similar lives. I don't have any. I don't know anybody that rich, but like they the way they're talking and like Harper and Ethan trying to have a conversation with somebody who like doesn't remember if they voted those are or like don't don't watch the news like that kind of stuff like i find that really interesting because i don't know if anybody else has picked up on it but i'm quite the curmudgeon and so for me <laughs> to be around people who i have like nothing in common with i find very difficult and so i love watching that dynamic what about so you? i think yeah no i think that that's my fate that's the most interesting storyline i think that's the one that i, I get oh, most excited and, about no and then of course of course the Albi, um, I forgot. I, I, Michael Imperially. Lucia. I don't know what. His, no, oh, I don't I know, don't his, know da- his name. Yeah, like the the, the three generations. Yeah, of men. the grandpa, and, the dad, and, and Albi. Yeah, and Lucia and her and her uh, and yeah. her girlfriend. I mean, yeah, they're all they're all pretty good. But yeah, but I mean, in, in terms of interesting, that's like the that couple stuff is the one that I find most interesting. There's a lot of stuff in there for me. Mm-hmm. Um. I was thinking, so I think both of us obviously relate more to um, Harper and I forget what her husband's name is. Ethan. Um, Because uh, not that we could, because apparently that dude's like a billionaire on the show or whatever. Right. But he's like a new billionaire. Yeah. Um, I think we identify more with those types of people because we care about the news or whatever. Yeah. But between the two couples. Who would you rather go on a vacation with? <laughs> okay, I would totally love to be on a vacation with Cameron and Daphne. Like, of I course, am. I am Harper. I am Harper. I wouldn't want to be on a vacation with a Harper. I'm already on that vacation with myself all the time. Yeah, that misery Just... lives inside of my head. Exactly. So, like, I understand. Like, if you don't want to in your day to day life. Uh, you know, if you don't want to be friends with somebody like that, who's that aloof, that doesn't vote, that doesn't follow the news or whatever. But if I'm already committing the sin of vacation, like I'm already paying an ungodly amount to stay at this resort, right? Let's just be stupid. Let's just go all the way out. I don't want somebody like dragging me down in their guilt. Yeah. Let's no, thank get a, you. Let's get a hooker and let's fun. <laughs> let's fun. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> also their acting is so good like the, the the actors who play daphne and cameron are just like perfect they're like so it's like they're the most trans like we know so many people who are like that and oh, they yeah. actually seem like a great time <laughs> they do but only uh, on vacation did you uh start identifying some of your friends with those two characters 
Because not I, my friends, but some of your friends with those two characters. I was thinking of I was thinking of some of your friends. My um, friends. No, I definitely have a friend. I have two friends who are definitely like that too. But yeah, yeah. no, I I think uh, I think I, 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 there's a lot of people in my life that I would associate with uh, with Daphne and Ethan more so than Daphne and Cameron. But yeah. it's just uh, it's so good. Um, but I love the three generations traveling together. I think that storyline is really really interesting, and I think it's cool because. The you know as you know my favorite topic is toxic masculinity as I mentioned earlier and it's really cool to see the three generations of like how men are evolved right yeah. like you have the grandfather who like cheated on his wife but like pretends like nobody knew acts like I thought he was such a good cover up that he thought his wife loved him and nobody knew and then you have Michael Imperioli's character who is like obviously he has like a disease he is like a sex addict there's a problem and he's like trying to make his life better but can't because he's he's clearly got an issue and then you have but he thinks he's a good man because he's identified that he has a sickness but he's also like a feminist because he probably like puts women on his board you know he's 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 the most hateable person to me well he's not the most hate oh my god i i hate him the because so well go on i actually don't like albie at all Really? Yes, but Not then I realized too kind. You know what's funny is like somebody asked me recently, who do I think is like the hottest guy? Like who is like the most like sexy guy on this show? And I was like, obviously the Essex guy, whatever his name is, the cutie, okay. the the British guy, right? Like the fun yeah. guy, right? And then so many of my friends were like, no, it's Albie. And then I was like, no. And then I realized it's because I think I'm married to somebody like that already. So for me, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> He's a nice guy with feminist values. Who cares? I thought you would identify your husband with uh, Ethan. But yeah, but I also, also yes. see the Albie Also part. Ethan, yes. Yes, for yeah. sure. Although, yeah. yeah, he would immediately tell me if uh, one of his friends purchased hookers and had sex with him on our couch he would immediately tell me he would be like i'm gonna go <laughs> yeah he would he would uh light the couch on fire he would um, light the couch, couch on fire he would book us a flight out of there the next day he'd yeah. be like fuck your bro bro code i'm out of here this is fucking weird um yeah. but albie's character drives me crazy too because he's like uh he's like overcorrecting to the other side you know yeah. He's like too extreme on the hey. other side. Why does Michael Imperioli's character make you so angry? Because I so there's two things, right? So first is that phone call, that first yeah. phone call that he has with his ex-wife, right? Yes. And you hear her tone, and that is the tone of somebody that is completely exasperated. Like she has you know, it's not like you know, if you look at Albie, and he's a pretty evolved person. So people understand having a sex addiction. Yeah. Like people understand a disease or whatever. That's not what this is, right? Yeah. Um, so because I don't know anything else about the characters at that point, I'm just like, well, you know, divorce is bad. This lady sounds like she's really had a rough time with it or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, and then he obviously he's the one that has purchased uh, Lucia or hired Lucia. The um, sex workers, yes. 
the sex workers. And, um, you know, he starts off uh, with this thing where he's like acting nervous or he's nervous talking to her or whatever. Yes. Right. But knowing men the way that I do and knowing a lot of, uh, you know, I've been in sales for like the last 20 years. So there's I've seen a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Right. That entire thing that he's doing there where he's like, oh, I just got out of a relationship. Uh, you know, I'm just I I can't speak to you right now. That is rehearsed. Like he knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. And he says it to her right after she tells him that she wants to she wishes to go to Los Angeles once. Right. Mm. And he's like, I don't want to talk about your hopes and dreams, but I also don't want to seem like an asshole. So I'm just going to tell you that I can't talk right now. And she understands that because she's in that line of work. And she knows when a guy is basically just telling her, oh, you know what? I just want the sex. Right. But I don't want to. I, I want to pretend like I'm not the bad guy here. So then yeah. she goes right right away into the mode. Right. And then you're like, OK, so this is a guy. I mean, and then, you know, you can ask you can have your own questions about the morality of it. Right. Is it OK to, ha- to hire a sex worker? Is it different if you're in a marriage versus if you're out of a marriage or blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And this is somebody that is coming to he's coming to Sicily with his dad and his son. And yeah. she says that he hired her online. Yeah. Think about the amount of thinking you have to do. Before you do that, right? You have to you have to search, you have to pay somebody, you have to do whatever you have to do to do all of this stuff, right? So he's just doing he knows the words to say to pretend like he is actually going through something, but he's not going through anything at all. Right? Oh Even God. the second night, he's like, Oh no, I can't. I just wanna, you know, I have a sex addiction. He that is he knows exactly what he's doing fascinating see i don't know anybody like that so that is a very interesting insight into uh creepos so are they creeps i guess it is a creep i guess i mean look one number one he does have a sex addiction which is it is what it is yeah but also um you purchase sex sir yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think I think it's the thing about like the wife, right? I mean, I yeah. Th- that yeah, I do think what? that that I forgot because I I watched that uh, so long ago. But yeah, I do mm-hmm. think that like I forgot about that uh, scene where apparently Laura Dern's voice, Laura Dern is screaming at him oh, and like losing her mind. Yeah, 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 losing her mind, me. and the fact that like she is that angry, it's. Uh, and the fact that she's that angry and he still thought that he could like buy a necklace for her or like yeah. convince her to come on vacation. It's a level of um, ignorance that you're like, this is, you're not that stupid. You're manipulative. Yeah, no, he's a psychopath. A mani- yeah, this is like, a Even if you think about that phone call, he's just, she is like, actually, she is so emotive. She's actually saying what's on her mind and her heart to the point where she's like emotional right she can't speak anymore yeah and he is just saying all the words that you say to somebody to pretend like you have been thinking about them right oh my goodness and then and then he said and then she says it you know she is actually being she's being her true self and he remains calm so in his mind he's like oh you know i'm the calm one and she's the crazy person 
So yeah, yeah. Um, I, do, I, I love fun. the grandpa F. Mary Abraham. Uh, Murray Abraham. Um, mm-hmm. I love. There's that one episode where. Uh, I think it's not the last episode, but the one before where Albie is now officially hooking up with Lucia, Lucia, and mm-hmm. uh, he sits at the table at the breakfast table and he ends up telling her, telling Albie, the grandpa ends up telling Albie that those are pro- prostitutes and he whispers it that way. <laughs> and then and then Michael and Fiorelli's character gets mad at his dad for telling him that because he just told, made him promise that he wasn't going to say anything. And he goes, what? You can't blame me. I felt I'm concussed because he has like a bandage on his head. I just, uh, he's so good. I really enjoy it. Now, who do you think is the dead bodies? I have, have no a idea. No idea. No, no theory. No idea. There aren't people that I wish are dead other than maybe the guy who's harassing Lucia. Because that yeah. guy seems like he's a bad guy. Yeah. Um, so I hope he dies. Um, I, You know, I don't know if you and I can talk about this or if we can't. But, like, the first four episodes, they were extremely uh, heterosexual to me. Like, I think all of the relationships, the, the first, like, the main relationships mm-hmm. were all very hetero until those, like, the... Two two things happen, right? One is Jennifer Coolidge's friends. They showed up, yes. you know, yeah. like the, the gay friends, like the gay friends. Yeah. And then also the like the manager lady starts having uh, feelings for a subordinate, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is it is that is that homophobic? Like I don't know what that is. Mike Wade is a gay man, so I feel yeah, like I know it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I felt, that's the thing but... right like it's i i know i know like i think the overcorrection there for us is like why is this happening why are they representing gay people like this but then i think yeah. it's like oh a gay man is actually telling the story so i think it's yeah. totally fine there are a lot of people who are like complaining that white lotus doesn't have any black people and i was like because they don't need to be here this is a show about terrible white people and it's fine i'm fine with that i'm perfectly so... fine with that <laughs> are they so are they just white people to you because who's like the white white people right okay so the there's white, like the white white people white, is like cameron people. and daphne are like the white white people they're like yeah. so white right yeah then then you have like tanya who's like jennifer coolidge's character she's a white lady she's a terrible white woman she's like a billionaire and she's miserable she's the worst yeah. right she's filled with toxic positivity she's just like absolutely willfully ignorant she's awful and then you have um, you know, people like the three generations, those people, they are people who view themselves as like not white because they have like Sicilian roots, but then they like go to Sicily, don't bother to use any like Google translation or anything, try to like come up on this house and speak to them like, yeah. oh, we belong here because, you yeah. know, our family's from here. And then that lady like says she's going to kick them, beat them with an artichoke. So I'm like, you are as white as white gets because even in your country where you have heritage, you're coming in here and you have no, you know, it doesn't, like, it doesn't have to, uh, we don't have to say that in like a negative way. I'm going mean, to say they're it. Just, they're I, just, they're just people. They're just people. And I can't, I can understand the argument that they are maybe doing something that is learned from, uh, you know, white. such an, okay. It's just a, such an American but behavior. I, I, it is a it's so that's what I would say. I would say that it is a certain kind of American behavior. It's it's a what do you call it? What, what do they say uh, when we come here? Assimilated. It's assimilated American behavior. 
Yes, um, exactly. Um, like Aubrey Plaza, I do not think of her as a white person. She's Puerto Rican. So like uh, even on the show, she's she talks about being half Puerto Rican. Uh, Daddy but that's the thing. She, she only talks about being Puerto Rican on the show, right? And she doesn't um, – and she is obviously very – that is something that's important to her on the show mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she does – she talks about how she visited there and she has, she does she has work family there and everything. Yeah. What in her behavior is any less quote unquote assimilated American than anybody else? Well, in- she see- doesn't seem like a total dick. She wouldn't go up to a bunch <gasps> of Spanish speaking people. You you think Harper is a dick? I think I Harper think is Harper, lovely. I think, I think Harper is the worst person <gasps> on the show. I oh think- my God. What? That is including what? Michael Imperioli. Oh At least, you know. Like, are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, she is the worst. She's the worst to her husband. She all she cares about. I would I would <laughs> I would much rather I would much rather be a friend uh or have a friend like that other lady, that other uh what's her name? Daphne? Yeah. Like Daphne than Harper and Harper. Harper is constantly judging you. She does not want anybody's friendship. All she wants to do is compare herself to other people so she can feel like she's superior. She is the worst. Oh my God. Okay, real. If you feel that way, then why are you even doing this podcast with me? I don't understand. <laughs> uh, yes, but that judgment comes from a place of insecurity. Yeah, and but I- that doesn't that doesn't excuse it. I don't care but if it comes from a place. She still figures out a way to rally, right? Like she's like, okay, fine, fuck it. I'm a judgmental person, but I'm gonna do this because this is something that's important to my husband. She like tries to wake up early one day and like tries to be like available to her husband. She doesn't get that. Then she finds a condom in the couch. Her husband lies to her about it. And then she's like, fuck you. I'm gonna set all of this on fire because everybody is lying to me and everybody is crazy. So fuck all of you and I don't care. That is absolutely incorrect. She does no. not. He does not. He does not lie to her about the condom. That you know, the condom thing actually upsets me even more because it's no. like she no. finds a condom. Ah. She finds a condom, right? And because she's shocked, because it comes right on the heels of her being so happy that Cameron and Daphne are. She's like, oh, the entire thing is a front. All oh, they they played these weird sex games with each other. They hate each other. I was right. We're okay. And then yeah. she finds a condom and she's like, oh, no, the thing that I thought about my husband isn't true. And it's a reflection of me. And then she goes into this shell. Right. And yeah. sure, if somebody finds it however they want to react to it. That's fine. But then why don't you just talk to your husband about it? The fact that she leaves a condom like wrapper on like the bathroom. Right. That upset. I'm like, what's with the theatrics? Who needs the theatrics? Just ask the fucking question. You got a question? Ask me. Okay. Nobody needs the, okay, the theatrics. You are yelling in a way that feels <laughs> personal. Okay, so <laughs> I just feel like you need to relax. Okay, number it's one. It's not for a reveal. <laughs> just ask the questions. No, 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 no. Okay, she asked him how was last night, and he chose not to tell her. She kept asking yeah. him, asking, asking him, and he didn't tell. Her. And then finally, she put the condom on, and then he was like, "It's not mine." Like by that point, she's so annoyed with him that oh it, I understand I completely understand and I do get the whole thing of like being around a couple and feeling insecure because you're like oh maybe I'm not maybe we're not fun maybe we don't love each other because we're not doing things the way that these other people do them but then 
it is a really big relief when you're around a couple who like seems so in love, but then you spend like more than 24 hours with them. And then you look at your husband and you're like, they fucking hate each other. Like this is all a front. I can't explain to you the joy that you feel when that happens. Like, and that I know that that's shitty. That probably makes me a bad person. But there probably. is that there is this like instant joy that you feel that you're like, oh, phew. It's like it's like when you meet someone who's like super fucking rich, and then as you learn more and more about about them, you're like, they're gonna go to jail one day. Like. That's they're not okay. Like, or like, oh no, they're rich, but they're really fucked up. Like, there is this like feeling you get of like, I felt inadequate around you people because I have insecurities. My own shit, my own baggage is making me feel inadequate around you. But it's you do get this feeling of like, I don't have what you have, but my life is still better off because you're actually miserable. I, I know I, it's I, fucked I, up. It's a fucked up. It's like what we talked about last week about celebrities. Right. About yeah. like on the, the episode when we talk about the crown is like that joy that we feel when like a celebrity has like something really fucked up happen to them. You're like, oh, OK, I you're not it, you're not somebody to envy anymore. It's like almost like you you envy them and then you get that verification in your mind of it's not something to envy. So you're good. Don't worry about them. Right. It's a fucked up thing, but it's your, the way your brain copes with that feeling. And I am Harper through and through. Now, I have a question for you. When Dab, this was on the internet. When Daphne, I'm afraid shows, to answer. Okay, when Daphne shows a picture of her kids, what do you think she's trying to tell Harper? She's telling her straight up when she's talking about the trainer. Yeah, she's not actually talking about the trainer. She's talking about her son, and what she's trying to tell her is sometimes you look the other way because the kids are worth it. Mm. And Harper doesn't fucking understand that because she's a maniac and she's like oh you didn't actually have the picture it's just a picture of your kids because she doesn't understand it because she's always looking for a comparison because she wants Daphne to be having an affair because you know for whatever reason she wants her to be lower the internet is fully split down the line about that (gasps) 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 (laughs) you know the Harpers in the world are the problem (laughs) The Daphne's, I understand. So there's like all these, like, you know, like these super white, uh, super Christian women now yes. that are very pretty. And, yeah, they're but pumpkin they are, spice girls. Yeah, pumpkin spice girls, but they are leading this movement where they're like, you know, men need to be men and it's okay. I'm okay being kind of subservient to my yeah. man. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a Christian thing to do or it's like the polite thing to do, which I think is fucked up. And I think Daphne, uh, is embodies that in yes. in the show. I think that's what she's going for, right? Um, but I would still like I at least that person is being upfront with me, I, regardless of how wrong I think that thought is. That I because I, I don't think that any woman should be subservient to any man. You know that mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense to me. But at least they're being honest about it. Like they're like, oh, you know what? This is what I feel, right? The Harpers are the ones that. The people that are looking, that are trying to do some sort of like purity test, you know, in thought, that's the ones, that's the stuff that I kind of have a problem with sometimes. Like, I think people that are trying. (laughs) (laughs) I've been conditioned. I know. (sighs) Yeah, that's me. 
But that's it's not you because so you know when I was watching it, obviously I thought a lot about you, right? Okay. I don't think I I know you're saying that you feel relief or anything like that, but I you know I know you as a person. You're not going to be, uh, you're not going to be rooting for somebody else to feel bad, right? I no, think Harper is openly rooting for somebody else to do bad, or you're hoping that somebody else is cheating or something like that, right? You would never do that. Uh, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> the, way that you're, you're, the way that you're not looking at the camera right now. No, me no, 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 no. I, I, I think, I think I'm that always, is like. Here's the thing. I'm a very skeptical person, and yeah. I trust no one. And so, uh, <laughs> what ends up happening is like I will immediately assume all these things, and but when any of those things become true, I'm heartbroken still. Like if yeah. I, you know. I have friends who have been married and have gotten divorced. And when they were married, I was like, I see a lot of red flags there. And then when some of those red flags become true, it still breaks my heart for them. Like it still makes me really, yeah, really sad for them. So yeah. yeah, the internet is split down the middle because some people believe that, that what she's trying to say is that the, the child is the trainer's child. Yeah. Uh, and some people are saying that the child is the trainer. It's the the cutie that she spends all this time with is actually just her kids. She just tries they to actually, distract herself. They actually say that the child is a trainer's child. Like that is the level that people think. Real. A lot of us feel that That's way. That's bananas. That is crazy to me. But that, so, but who is that a reflection on? Is that is that a reflection on your on your feelings it's about a, Daphne? No, the, it's no. Our reflection is on the fact that it's not about Daphne. Uh, and the thing is, it doesn't make Daphne a bad person for that. But I think it just shows that Daphne isn't this person who's like just waiting around for her husband to be available and just turning a blind eye to letting her husband do whatever. To her, she it's it is a that thing of like they do kind of play games with each other, and when he fucks up, she tries to toy with him too, and she wants him to miss her, and he she wants him to feel her attention somewhere else like she isn't just some subservient you know i'm gonna let the man be the man and like just sit around and wait until he's available for me i think that she is doing her own thing and she's just figured out a way to do it in a way that uh that uh, that allows her to still maintain be happy i don't think that means that she doesn't love her husband i think she adores cameron and she loves the life that she has but she's kind of like it's fine. A lot of people have other ways. He's doing his own thing. I'm doing my own thing. But we still have a family together and everything's fine. Exactly. And I, I know a couple of women like that, right? Mm-hmm. That are married to some men that I know that are kind of like her husband is. Where they're just like, you know what? I get it. I understand it, right? It's it's whatever. I, I understand it and I'm okay with it. Um, did Tony uh, Soprano bring home a guma yet? He hasn't as, br- as, brought home a Gumar, Gumar yet, but he has. We have Gumar. met her. Is it Gumar? We have met her. It's Gumar. Yeah, yeah Gumar. Um, no, so I think, and I think that's for a lot of those women. Again, um, j- because of like the the work that I've done in the past, like I've met a lot of like a lot of the sales guys. Like this is kind of a deal, right? Um, and they're just okay with it. They're just like you know, as long as you keep it out of the house. Um, and you don't rub my face in it, you're okay with it. So it's kind of, it's really more like that F. Murray Abraham thing where he's yeah. just like, as long as you don't rub it in my face, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, Get your thing exactly. out. Where, where it's like Harper and her husband, you know, like 
that was a very weird scene to me where he like strips down naked and like lies down on the bed to masturbate um almost like you know it's like a regimen and then he's just like yeah i was just masturbating like that is a weird thing to me i don't think i could do that with my spouse i don't know is that what that weird for you yeah can we not talk about that that made me feel weird (laughs) let me not talk to my brother about what i would do if i caught my husband masturbating um (coughs) anyway (laughs) Uh, um lol if my husband is listening to this right now um Yes, that stuff is exactly like them. and But then also like their whole thing is like, oh, we're just honest with each other. Like at least we're honest with each other. We don't tell each other lies. Like that's yeah. da- that's like Harper's whole thing, right? Like we don't lie to each other. We're always straight up with each other. And it's like sometimes that isn't enough to be in a relationship with somebody. Sometimes not to say that you should lie to your spouse, but sometimes yeah. you do have to figure out ways to, uh, you know, not lie but like avoid talking about certain things with your partner some things need to have like even with with your partner some things need to have boundaries and that is very obvious that harper and ethan don't have any boundaries with each other to the point where now there is obviously like a lack of attraction because of that so i love the show it's so good it's very were you shocked when you saw jennifer coolidge walk in on that boy uh servicing obviously not his uncle I hope not. I was very shocked and I didn't know what to feel. <laughs> and I was like, is this a mystery? I don't see the mystery in this. Like, from what I understand, I am observing a crime because he's his <laughs> uncle. No, 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 no. I don't think that's his uncle. I really hope so. <laughs> um, okay. I wanted to talk very quickly about the World Cup because mm-hmm. I found out something really cool that happens in Pakistan. Because, you know, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, I don't care about football. Uh, you don't soccer. sport. I don't sport. I sport a little bit, but not about yeah. the World Cup, um, especially not about this one. But did you know that there is a huge, huge population in Pakistan that ha- are like the biggest Brazil fam- fans, some of the biggest Brazil fans in the world? Yes, I did know that. Amazing. So there's this, uh, the one of the biggest cities in Pakistan is Karachi, and in Karachi, there is a neighborhood called Liari, and Liari is like a, a neighborhood of primarily Balochi people, uh, which is like a, a minority tribe of Pakistan. It's an ethnic group in Pakistan. And it also has a group of people called the Shidis. And Shidis in Pakistani are Pakistanis who have heritage, African heritage. So they look black. They look like, like even like they have almost like Afro-Latino features. They have but they have African features and you would never know that they are Pakistani, but they are. And um, so Leari has like three, th- three million people live in that neighborhood in Karachi and uh, entire streets shut down during the world cup because they're the hugest, like they, they're, they are the only part basically of Pakistan or a majority. They, they care the most about soccer more than anybody, any other sport in Pakistan. Um, and yeah, entire streets shut down. There's like huge festivals during the World Cup, and they're all Brazil fans, which is amazing. And it was very sad to see the videos of the match, of them watching the matches, and then Brazil losing, unfortunately, this week. Yeah. Did you? No, know yeah. That? So I saw about the the Liari thing. Yeah. Only this, I found out this week uh, yeah. when so some one of the guys. 
uh, and one of the groups sent me or forwarded me a video mm-hmm. of like a like a rap song that was set in the area, and there was like all these like like there's all this like Brazil stuff, right? And I yeah. I didn't understand it. I didn't know what was going on. And then somebody sent me another video that showed fans that you know from there, and it was one of those like info videos, like one of those yeah. forwards or whatever. So that's how I found out about it. Yeah. But yeah, but it's very interesting. I never, I never knew about that. Yeah. Um, um. Also, like, I don't know anything about Leari. I don't either. I know. And that's the thing, right? So I don't know, like, when's the last time you went to Karachi? 2005. Yeah, me too. And before yeah. that, it was like 1995, right? Yeah, before and that was 2001, we- and that was it. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, I don't know if, you know, I don't know a lot about Pakistan. <laughs> I really don't. And we I don't should know if talk I should a lot about, about something we don't know a lot about. We sure. Well, so we are Pakistani. I think, but we are, we're, you know, I think we, we've had an American experience, but we've also had like a distinctly Pakistani experience. It's a American Pakistani experience, but you we know, I think that's like stuff F- that we I talk about. I think like about. two generations from now, like Aiden will be like F. Mar- Murray Abraham and be like, my people are from here. Like go to Pakistan and be like, my people are from here, and some auntie would like threaten to kick him out of the room because it, I feel no, like Aiden is Aiden is like Albie. Are you kidding me? No, I mean like no, I'm I'm saying in terms of heritage, right? Like yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think Aiden oh. is like Albie. You think? Oh, you think I'm like I'm like F. Mary Murray Abraham? Like how disconnected am I from my Pakistani experience? No, that's that's the thing, right? So I think I would put us like our generation, kind of where that Michael Imperioli generation is. I think um, that's where I think we are. I think mm. our parents are DF Murray. Well, maybe that's not right. Maybe we're DF Murray Abraham. Yeah, uh, because generation. our parents would know where everything is, right? That's my point. Yeah. It's like we. I think I I do get sad thinking about the fact that like two generations after my kids is going to be a very distant understanding of Pakistan and Pakistani culture. It does make me a little bit sad, especially because like my, my kids don't speak the language at all. So yeah. Yeah. It's a real bummer. Anyway, send them, send them to Pakistan for a couple yeah. of years. Anyway, look at that. Sports is so intersectional, so many different. Yeah. And and the reason why so many people in the Adi do associate themselves with Brazil is because I know I switched over uh, is because <laughs> <laughs> you got whiplash from the swerve I just did. Um, The reason why a lot of people in the Adi associate themselves with Brazil is one, because they feel like they look like them. And two is because the people of the Adi are extremely marginalized and they, uh, there's no, not any Balochi representation or Shidi representation really in Pakistan in that way. Um, People in the Adi aren't really part of like national sports or anything like that. So their thing is soccer. They love Brazil. They love rooting for them. And I just Mm -hmm. think that's really cool. Marginalization yeah. will bring you together. Yes, it will. It's a very cool story. I'm yeah. just, you know, sports are the best. That's the reason why we love sports. <laughs> I don't know why. It, was, I, it took it took me 16 years after The Sopranos ended for you to watch that. I don't know what it's going to take for you to understand <laughs> why I love sports. I think I just like to watch the ball go into the net. You think that's all it is? <laughs> No, listen, so many, I know for sports you, is the best. Rela- first of all, calm down. I know for you, it is more than just balls going into nets and such, okay? <laughs> I know for you, there's like the whole human experience of sports. Yeah, but that's for everybody. Okay. That's for everybody. There are some people who don't care about that. Some people are really into the other stuff. 
Listen, I live the human experience of sports every single Sunday. No, even so, even like those crazy. I don't care for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So even like those crazy wild sports fans that are just like that's their identity or whatever. If you actually talk to any of them, just like you know what, give them a chance. Like you gave Tony Soprano a chance. That's all I'm gonna say. You know, open your eyes to all sorts of insights. Listen, thank you for advocating for my husband. I appreciate that. I think he would love that too. You know, him and I are, we're on a collision course. This shit is going to happen. The Eagles are fantastic. Mm -hmm. They are the best team in the NFC. Mm -hmm. They're definitely going to be in the NFC championship game. And the 49ers are also, I I lust for this team. You always love your team, but I lust (laughs) for it. I don't know what um, that means, but okay. That means I get I get very excited that they just put a whooping on the Buccaneers today. You okay. know, Touchdown Tommy yeah. was in back in back home in San Francisco, and that's oh. what the story was all week because uh-huh. he's never I don't think he's ever really played there. Maybe he's played there once before, mm-hmm. um, and he got his ass kicked by Brock Purdy. Oh I'm very goodness. excited. Well, Touchdown Tommy's going through a lot, and now that his uh, wife has divorced him. Officially, he's going through the divorce. Things are not going to go well for him. She, Giselle is casting all of her spells, and it is not going to be good. You know Curses, what's funny? It, a curse on his home. Yeah. You know what's funny? is like uh, this week I was watching one of his press conferences, and this is you, your negative influence on me. I was like, oh, Tommy looks terrible. I'm telling you, <laughs> he looks like shit. He's really thin. I don't know what's going on there. Tommy, eat a hamburger. Yeah, maybe, you know, it's time to bring back the nightshade. <laughs> yeah. Still don't know what that means. Um, any, any other thoughts? Oh, one more thing. This is very sad. So Grant Wall passed away in Gunther, mm-hmm. and he was a, a football commentator, right? And a journalist, a particularly he's was, a fo- he, he, was all sports or specifically for football or soccer no so he he's a sports illustrated writer um mm-hmm. he used to do a lot of uh writing about college basketball back in the day but he was like the preeminent soccer journalist i think in america for sure mm-hmm. because he used to work for sports illustrated um i remember reading his articles back when i used to get sports illustrated way back in the day so he wrote the he wrote the first sports illustrated article on lebron james that's how we all found out about LeBron James. Oh, wow. That's um, but yeah, but he's been, um, I think, I, I really didn't follow him that much because I'm not really a soccer person. But I've been following him this World Cup because he was front and center about, you know, about the the non-soccer stories in Qatar, the stuff that we spoke about last week. Yeah. Um, about like, you know, the LGBTQ stuff and the migrant rights stuff and all that stuff, right? So he was upfront with that, and um, it's such a bummer that right when he died, um, all of our thoughts were went straight to like, you know, somebody killed him. Um, yeah. And it, it's so sad that I'm still like, you know, I'm like, oh, I have to wait for the autopsy to make my mind, which is crazy. It's like I don't, I don't have to wait for anything. The the man died. That's all that really matters. But it is so sad that. You know, that our mind goes to that stuff because, unfortunately, just the fact that it could be murder is um, it's on the table, which is just sad. So, yeah, well, it goes to show that uh, 
Qatar seems to be perhaps an unsafe place to be hosting a uh, you know a worldwide event uh, like this. So you know we have some people that are there right now, right? Yes. Uh, we have some people there right now. Our brother is going tomorrow. Yes. Um, and he's going to be there for the week, right? And from everything that I've heard, the games themselves, like their handling of the games, has been impeccable. Like okay. they, the games have been, you know, they everything uh, starts on time. The no alcohol, like there's an alcohol ban because mm-hmm. it's Qatar, and mm-hmm. it was like a last minute switcheroo. Um, so there was a lot of feedback about that, and apparently it's worked out well. So they've done a good job of hosting the event, just in terms of the event. That is, um, you know, that is not talking about all the peripheral stuff, which is rightfully being called out because it's horrible, right? Mm-hmm. Like the anti-LGBTQ stuff is horrible, and like the fact that all these migrant sites is horrible. So it's um it's weird, man. I mean, it's, right. Uh, we the- have to also recognize the fact that the people that we we know who are there right now and our brother who's going there right now are going from a, a very privileged place. They're very safe yeah. going there. The Muslim yeah. people, they're Muslim people with money that are going to Qatar. They're perfectly, they're going to be straight Muslim people with money. They're going to be perfectly fine and Qatar. Um, but I'm sure the experience for other people is is complicated you know there's there was like a i mean and and both sides there's a there was some idiot from fox news that posted a tiktok of like oh i had to go through a special section at the airport and you know i'm sure that they don't do this in other countries or whatever and all it was was like it was an all women's line to for baggage for like a tsa Mm -hmm. line and she acted like it was like some sort of great oppression on her. And it was like, no, it's because you as a woman shouldn't probably want your body rubbed down by an, a strange man at the airport. That's really all it is. Like, it's just a line for women to go down to get their, you know, bags checked. And if they need to be pulled aside to do like whatever, a pat down, it's done by a person of the same sex. It's yeah, no, thing. I mean, you definitely see that, you know, just this World Cup. It's given a lot of people to wage their proxy war for whatever their issue is, right? Yes. And, you know, there's, to me and you, there is, you know, like the LGBTQ stuff and the migrant stuff, that is a righteous thing, right? That is that is the right side. For us, that's like the moral thing to be arguing about. But people are also, you know, there's a lot of people out there that just kind of want to hold on to a thing. And use it to their advantage, right? It's like the same thing that you were talking about, like the women that are talk that are talking about um, the hijabs in Iran. Yeah, you know they only do it when it serves their purpose. So mm-hmm. all that stuff is is complicated. Um, I will say, like the games themselves have been amazing. Uh, I'm rooting for. I'm rooting. So there's it's down to the semifinals. Yeah. So I'm rooting for. So it's uh, Morocco, France, yes. Argentina, and Croatia. So France is a heavy, heavy favorite, and then it's Argentina, and then it's Croatia, and then Morocco being there is, like, it's a Cinderella story. It's amazing that they've done as well as they have. So I think I'm rooting for Morocco. I'm always impressed by Croatia because it's a tiny country, and they're really good at sports. Yeah. Um, So that's probably my number two, and then I'm, I'm okay with anybody winning, so. Yeah. I'm really excited for Morocco. I uh, just like seeing footage of like what uh, it's like right now in Queens and like Brooklyn and stuff in New York City. It's pretty amazing to see all of that. Yeah. There's just a lot of yeah. people rooting for these. Yeah. Like you said, the Cinderella stories and stuff. I do wish yeah. that Brazil made it through. So Croatia winning against Brazil was like a huge upset, but a huge good upset. for them. 
Good for yeah. them. Good for you. Good for Croatia. you. <laughs> Good for you. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Um, you will be back like in two days to talk about the White Lotus finale with Tom yeah. Hamlet and Kendrick. Hopefully, if you can get your shit together. I'm done. Let me get my okay, shit together. What's that mean? What am I? What am I in, in drugs? I don't know. Maybe you're Come busy. On. Maybe you're busy the night that we're. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you got to go to uh, Bada Bing. Um. <laughs> it's called Satin Dolls, by the way. It's in Lodi, New Jersey. I know. I know. Um, I just, I've never been more proud. I've never been more <laughs> proud of being from the state of New Jersey. Like, I'm just yeah. so happy listening to them talk about New Jersey. Like, even Camilla was like, come on, the manor, the brunch at the manor is going to end. I was like, the manor? I know the manor. I live right by the manor. I know um, the manor. Oh. Yeah. Oh, God. What a great show. So, anyway, I will be back later this week to talk about White Lotus. I'll be back to talk about Rahasas of Potomac and Family Karma with Arthi. And then we'll be back to talk about The Crown. There's so much content this week, honestly, that um, I should go to bed. Or oh, you know what you should do? Oh, what? You should watch The Last Dance. Oh, no, no, we can't. Sports, we can't. No. Sports and culture. No, 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 no. We can't. I, you know, I do need to watch The Last Dance because Real Housewives of Miami is back on television. Oh, and, you God. know, Larsa Pippen is on there. Is she? Was Glenn yes. Rice's wife on there? Who is she? Something Rice. No. I think you're thinking about Basketball Wives. No. Okay, Glenn hold Rice, on. Glenn wife. Rice, wife. wife. Uh... Christina Fernandez? Um, no, I don't think she was on a show. I think she was on Basketball Wives. Christina Fernandez? Yeah. Wait, why does she look She's so familiar? Bar- Her name's Christy Rice. She was on... Oh, Christy Rice. Yes, yeah, she was on the first season. Yes, yes, there she was. Go. She was on the very first season. She was terrible. Um, she was not a nice person, but yes. But she's not on anymore. Now it's Larsa Pippen, and she got a new BBL reel. And somebody described a, it looking like a BBL, Brazilian butt lift. And somebody. Oh, des- I didn't know that's what that is. Someone described the way her butt and legs look to get this like a tooth. Like a tooth. Like, you know, the square top of a tooth. Oh, no. <laughs> Larsa. <laughs> the Larsa Pippen um, plastic journey, plastic sur- surgery journey is like. Astonishing. But anyway, that's for me to harper about later. There you go.